When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply we're going to have to throw them away. In the late 90s, I volunteered at a small private school. They had a little bit of money for extras like computers and computer teachers. I don't know much about computers, but I knew how to plug them in and knew how to put one together if you gave me the parts. So naturally, I got asked to be director of the computer lab. It had two very old computers, and naturally, it was a volunteer job. I had very little money and a lot of time, and they knew I wanted the job, and they told me after I build it up, they'd put a salary in the budget. I taught classes the difference between components, file structures, basics, some DOS, and how rebooting your computer usually solves whatever problem you have. The concept of driver is just a lot of basic stuff. The thing is, the director of the school hated fundraising, so my salary never got added to the budget. And the director often kept himself busy doing other things. Useless things. One sunny morning, he finds me and tells me to wish him luck. If today goes right, we're going to have a huge computer lab. He comes back from his meeting with a huge smile. I did it. I convinced a bank to donate us their old computers. All right, great. Now I have to set up and maintain 50 new, for us, computers. I can't wait. Yay. The computers got delivered next week, and they were all terminals, which are bank computers. I had no idea how to get them up and running because they didn't have hard drives or operating systems. The keyboard and mouse ports were different, and they were not standard, and I think somehow they connected to a server which did not get donated. Their monitors did not have any graphics, only text, and they were useless to us. We needed something to run America Online and Carta, SimCity, you know, educational stuff. I had no idea how to get these to work. I tried asking the director, telling him that the 50 computers were useless, and he got super annoyed. I'm sure they can be helpful in some way. They must be worth something. Figure it out, because if you can't, we're going to have to throw him away. He thought he was threatening me. He did not think I'd throw out 50 computers. After all, he worked hard to get them. I didn't hesitate at all. My next class, I had screwdrivers for everyone, and we disassembled everything. If it had a screw, we unscrewed it, and the class figured out what each piece was, and then the class actively took the pieces to the dumpster, and by the end of the next day, there was nothing left. And the next day, a director asked me where the computers were, and I said, Oh, you were right. They were useful. The students took them apart, learned about the different components, and threw them out like you said we should. His face turned all sorts of colors, and he stormed out. What I didn't tell him is I saved the RAM from the garbage. I mean, after all, it was in the garbage, right? And sold them on the online classifieds for $20 a piece and there were two in each computer, so I got two grand. So I guess they were useful after all. I just love this idea of this director in the bank. He's like, listen, if you guys give me these computers, you're going to change the kids' lives. And the guy's like, listen, these computers don't do anything. They're bank terminals. And he's like, yeah, 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 whatever, mumbo-jumbo technology. I have a guy that can make it work. The bank guy's like, I mean, listen, dude, you're asking me to give them to a school. It's going to be a tax write-off for us, but I'm just letting you know they're going to be useless. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Give me 
the computers. Gimme, 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 gimme. At least you got two grand out of it, you know? 2,000 reasons to have dealt with all this crap in the first place. Alright, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrum here, back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. And today we're going to be taking a look at the Malicious Compliance subreddit. It's one of my favorites to look at and go over, so I figured you guys would enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, before we get any further, press the like button. Otherwise, no joke, no scam. You're actually going to get into a fight with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and trust me he can beat us all up and uh, without further ado let's get into it sure the longest a customer will have to wait is 15 seconds so I worked in a fairly large store that wasn't busy until 3 p.m. and only had two or three employees on the floor in the morning. We were getting complaints from customers that they'd have to wait a minute or two at the register before getting checked out because we were always filling stock in the aisles and weren't allowed to stay at the register. Management decided that the longest any customer should have to wait was 15 seconds before starting to check out. As I always do, and given a task that contradict each other, I asked, hey, what's the priority, getting stock out or ensuring the checkout happens without 15 seconds? And they confirmed that it was customer service that was top priority. Perfect. I had my card of stock and was in charge of the register. It was about 7 seconds of walking time away from where I could view the register, so I walked for 7 seconds, checked, and walked back 7 seconds, which left me with a single second to do stock. Normally, you can get a cart of stock out in 30 minutes, but my cart was full after about 4 hours, and management came by and saw me walking back and forth barely doing any work, and I reminded her that I was doing what I was doing was top priority, and since I wasn't allowed to stay at the register, I was accomplishing both my tasks in the best way possible. The next day, the 15-second rule had been abolished. Bro, of course, it's a manager that doesn't actually do the job that they're explaining, telling you how easy it should be. 15 seconds is an insanely short time if there's only, like, two employees that are also stock the rest of the store. If anything, you need to get like a button that customers can press to let them know that they're waiting there. But yeah, otherwise you're just gonna have these dudes sprinting back and forth to the cash register in their cart every 10 seconds to double check. Next thing you know, the shelves are gonna be empty, people are gonna start rioting and knocking over the carts full of product and just grabbing Cheez-Its and making it for the door. You don't want that. Just get a cashier. I mean, honestly, I just feel like those one of the, that's one of the jobs you kinda have to have if you have a grocery store. I didn't go above and beyond? Okay, I'll delete everything I did above and beyond. The original owner of the business I worked for was amazing. I'll call him Larry. He cared about every employee and realized how much we helped the company with our respective positions. And he even let me go negative on my sick time once when I was hospitalized for a week following a double pulmonary embolism with the agreement I would work the time back and I did. Just painting a picture of how wonderful Larry was as our boss. Larry finally retired after 45 years of running the business and sold it to his son who I'll call Eric. Most people know how bad of an idea that is, but Larry thought his son can handle it, and he couldn't at first, but that's another story. Eric thought I wasn't doing enough work during working hours, but what he failed to realize was that since I worked there for six years and got familiar with the work, I was really efficient at the job. So much so, I had collected more responsibilities each year, and Larry was one of the main people pushing for me to take on more each year with immediate raises every time something was added. Eric didn't have the same mentality. Eric fired me for being too inactive for too long during the day, and another reason which isn't too important here. So I was really active for my last three days with deleting everything I created for the company. It was all above and beyond work, so since I didn't ever go and above and beyond, they didn't deserve to keep it. Signs for products, pictures gathered for advertising, vendor contact information, a program I designed to keep organized and on time for invoices, and a manual I typed on how to do my job. They had an old version of my job instructions, but by that time they were practically obsolete, especially with all my extra duties collected over the years. Usually I'm on board with this, but I 
feel like there might be something missing here, bro. I feel like if there's another reason you got fired, but it's just not that important, it might be important. Because it seems like he's like, hey, you're not doing a lot. You're like, yeah, I'm really efficient. I don't have to do a whole lot, which I'm sure wouldn't be nice to watch if you're the boss, right? And then your response to him being like, it's just not working out is to delete all the work that you'd ever done from them. I mean, if it's done outside work hours, I, I guess it's cool, but I don't know, dude. Like, if you were in charge of making ads and then just went and deleted all the ads, like, they did pay you for that work. I don't know. Usually these smack, but this one's got me like, uh, I don't know. And I'm sure Eric sucks. I'm not saying the boss doesn't suck. I'm just saying, you know, you don't want to go reverse all the work Larry did over here. I, Uno, reversed a malicious compliance. This happened a few years ago when I used to work at an office as a front desk one summer during college. A video I saw today reminded me of the incident, and one day this lady came in to pay a fine. She was rude and angry about it, and I don't know the particulars, but all I did was work the front desk. She decided to try to be a little bit malicious with her compliance. Her fine was $250, and she said she'd be play or paying in quarters. I knew I had to comply, since we're supposed to accept any legal tender. I took the bags from her, but realized that she had unrolled every single roll of quarters and said that since we want to waste her time with a stupid fine, she'll waste ours. I tried to explain and beg her not to do this to me since I had nothing to do with it, but she didn't care and said we're all evil, and she smirked and said, one band, one sound, and I realized there was no reasoning with her. I was furious, but I began counting one by one. We were interrupted by multiple phone calls and customers, so I had to restart a few times, and she started to realize how long it was going to take. She tried to stack the quarters to help me count faster, but I told her that was my job, and I couldn't take the word the stacks were the correct, so I'd have to do it one by one like she asked for. Two other people came and left while she was standing there, and she started getting mad, saying I'm wasting her time on purpose, and I told her that we don't have a coin counter, so this is how it's going to take. She threatened the police, and I told her to go ahead, and I'll have to restart when they get here, so I can be sure to get an accurate count, and after someone else came, she finally left, or snapped, excuse me, whipped out her card and paid. As she was leaving, she snatched one of the bags off the counter, but the handle gave way, spilling the coins all over the floor. She cooped, scooped up what she could, but left a good chunk, and I told her it was littering, and she flipped me off. I got a broom and swept up the coins, and there was about 192 quarters on the floor, and when I was leaving work, I found more in the parking lot. It's not a whole lot of money, but for a broke college student, it was great. This is golden, because it's not like you're starting the pettiness, all right? They walk in, they're like, I'm paying in quarters, trying to piss you off. By all means, dude, I'll sit here and count quarters all day. I'm paid by the hour. I'm getting a paycheck regardless. You're the one that's going to have to sit here and watch me count it out, and wouldn't you know that? It seems like magically I forgot all the Sesame Street I've watched, and I've forgotten how to count. This is just the best way to waste their time back. You know, what? what is it, like... Speak softly and carry a big stick. You know, you're never going to start the battle, but if they're going to make you have a petty off, then you're going to have to win it. If you bill by the hour, then I want the full hour. Years ago, I worked in the head office of a national corporation. Although we were all salaried employees, everyone had to keep a timesheet, and we had to account for everything we worked on so our department could bill the appropriate team or group for our time. This was a company-wide requirement, so it wasn't just a case of our leaders micromanaging, and the least time you could log was a 15-minute increment. Every minute of every day couldn't be billed to other departments, so we had a code that was billed to our own team's budget. This was used for general tasks not specifically attached to any ongoing projects, like checking emails, status meeting with your manager, training and development, and even filling in the timesheet. 
Management emphasized that we should use our team code as little as possible, and I later learned that the less time billed to our team's code meant a bigger pool of bonus money for our whole team at the end of the year. One of our internal services that billed regularly our team's code was IT. Anytime we needed computer support, they'd send an agent who would troubleshoot and fix the problem, and when the work was done, they'd get us to sign a work order so they could bill us. No big deal. After about a year of joining the company, the IT department changed their billing protocols. While every other group in the company would bill you 15-minute increments, IT decided that they'd bill in one-hour increments. No idea how they sold that to the VPs, but no one objected. So, if it only took IT 15 minutes to solve the issue, they'd still bill my team's code for an hour. And it didn't take long for my bosses to notice that our team's code was being billed a lot more than previously, but no one connected the dots and tied it to the new IT billing practices. Cue malicious compliance. Here's how my next counter with the on-site IT agent went. All done, can you go ahead and sign this invoice? What? This invoice is for an hour of work and you were here for 15 minutes. It's the new policy, okay? Just sign it. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Listen, I don't have time to argue. We're really busy and I need to move on to the next ticket ASAP. Tell you what, I won't bill you for this visit, but next time you'll sign regardless of how quickly we solve your problem. This happened a few more times and I continued to object to any bill that didn't reflect the actual time spent on my issues and they kept agreeing to give me a free pass this time and after the fourth time the IT agent stood his ground. You have to sign this invoice. I'll gladly sign it in 45 minutes when you've been here a full hour. Feel free to pull up a chair and sit down. He was clearly frustrated but decided to call my bluff and sat down. In a minute later he pulled out his laptop and started working on something else. What are you doing? I'm getting caught up on a few things while I wait out the hour. Oh no, this is my time. You're not allowed to work on anything for anyone else. Well, what do you expect me to do? Just sit here and do nothing? Yeah, if you want me to sign that invoice, then you will sit here and do nothing until the hour is up. The guy was stubborn, so he did indeed sit there for the rest of the hour. I signed the invoice and he went on his way, and I shared the story with my colleagues, and they decided to do the same the next time they needed IT support. This went on for about a week, and then IT changed their tune. They no longer asked anyone on my team to sign off an invoice unless the job took an hour or longer, and it turned out out they were generating so many billable hours doing this to every team that dealing with our malicious compliance wasn't worth it. They choose to service our team for free rather than give up the 45 minutes they could bill those other two or three departments at one hour each. That year, our team saw nice bonuses when we had a massive surplus of funds in the team's budget, and I heard the IT team made out like bandits on their bonuses, while many other teams saw little to nothing. The next year, the whole internal billing system was overhauled, and we didn't have to account for our time anymore, and IT stopped issuing anyone invoices. All billing was managed at a more senior level. There was literally no way that was going to end well, bro. Of course, IT was going to figure out a way to, like, get more hours juiced out of it and get a fat bonus. Are you kidding me? Any Anyone who notices that that bonus system is super easy to manipulate is going to do it. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but like this isn't the CEO doing it. It's just the IT guys. If you're an employee and you find out that you can find a way to double your salary, you'd probably do it too. I'm at least glad that they stuck up for their team. You know, the rest of the teams haven't figured it out yet. I guess it's gone now. But you know, your team was like probably the most annoying people for IT in a good way. They just won't let us scam them. What the heck, man? They should just let us take their money. Non-flexible break time? I mean, if you insist. I posted recently about the hot pink duct tape shoe saga and I thought of another dirtier and less fabulous debacle that I should share here. This particular issue predates my election as union president, but most supervisors remain the same. To recap, many years ago I worked for a very large company with a very powerful union. I was serving as a griever, read complaint department, for the union at this time, though it's not a huge part of the tale. I was at that point working in a part of the campus that was exceptionally dirty at all times. Part of my daily task 
was to walk around looking for the giant piles of carbon dust dumped by machinery and to shovel it into barrels and get rid of it. These pile of carbon were safety concerns because carbon dust is highly flammable and obviously the goal was to minimize the amount of loose carbon dust floating around so I needed to get rid of it as soon as I was aware of it. Not an easy job but I was super into fitness at the time and kind of enjoyed the physical part of it. Now, given the environment, when I was on shoveling patrol, I'd be in full head-to-toe PPE. So Tyvek, gloves, respirator, safety glasses, a pain in the butt to put on and take off. But in general, once I started a job, I'd finish it quickly and remove it after 15 minutes just to get fully suited up and go back out later. So this fateful day, I was cleaning up a particularly large, obnoxious pile of carbon, and my watch buzzing alerted me that it was break time, but I figured I had 20 minutes left of work, and it would be a huge waste to strip down and suit up for another 20 minutes. Naturally, I opted to finish the task, and about 30 minutes later, I was done, out of my gear, and washed up to sit down for a 15-minute break in the air-conditioned room. Absolute bliss. Then, as luck would have it, no more than two minutes later, as I'm minding my own business eating string cheese, one of the supervisors walked in to ask me why I was in the break room off of break time. I told her about the carbon spill and how it didn't make sense to leave the job unfinished and waste equipment when I could just finish it in one go, and we also generally prioritized cleaning up safety hazards in a timely manner. I was informed that I was being written up for not taking my break at the correct time, and due to that, I was forfeiting that break by missing it. I told the supervisor she couldn't legally take my break time due to her deciding to change the policy, so she graciously allowed me to finish my remaining 10 minutes. I couldn't really fight the write-up because technically we did have set break times and the practice of moving back break times was unique to the particular building I was working in due to the emergency safety hazards requiring attention. This building was close to a century old and sometimes there were floods, carbon dumps, oil spills, and the catastrophic issues like that were our domain. And most of the agreements were informal, so we never had a written agreement allowing us to move breaks as needed for urgent jobs. So shortly after, the five of six of us working in the building were called together and informed we were under no circumstances to take our breaks outside of the set times, and in case of emergency, we required verbal permission to do so. Famous last words. As you can probably predict, a few weeks later, all five employees from my department present were called for an emergency removal of a combined oil carbon spill. This is very heavy, very dirty, and fairly dangerous work. The entire factory had to stop production until we got it cleaned up, and the plant manager was actually shoveling alongside us to try to move everything along faster. 30 minutes later, and I realize it's less than 15 minutes before we go on lunch, and I mentioned this to my co-workers, to which we grumble, and I explained the plant manager told us that we cannot work over our lunch break without permission or risk write-ups, so I'm going to make a call to get permission. I called every supervisor we had in the 15 minutes, and not a single one answered. Apparently, they'd all gone to lunch together and didn't want to be bothered. I came back in and told the crew I couldn't reach anyone, and they all tried calling as well, and nothing. The plant manager called our supervisors, and they didn't pick up for him. So we apologized to the plant manager and we went on lunch, leaving the plant down for an additional 30 minutes. By the time we'd come back from lunch, we'd still be unable to reach any of the members of supervision. We finished the job, cleaned up, and went back to our usual tasks as production started up. Apparently, the plant manager did eventually get hold of the supervision team because they showed up furious at us for going up on our lunch until I reminded them they'd already written me up for moving a break without consent previously, and apparently the plant manager and head of manufacturing tore into them for not answering any calls for over an hour and causing production to halt. They quickly decided they would no longer be enforcing that rule and gave us discretion on when is how and when is how it is best for us to take our breaks. 
Not quite as fabulous as hot pink duct tape, but it was damn enjoyable. I can understand wanting people to take breaks at very specific time, you know, if their job is like a cashier or something, you need to make sure there's a certain amount of cashiers out front, so if they're constantly changing their breaks, that would get annoying. But I don't really understand how it's a bad thing that they're willing to postpone their break when they're picking up spills that could potentially be flammable and burn down the entire factory. You know, I would be a little bit okay with any of my workers taking a little bit, uh, extra time to start their break if it meant that they were doing their job and keeping everything safe. Isn't that their whole purpose? I just feel bad for the manager that had to spend the 30 minutes they were on lunch break alone cleaning that all up. But hey, bro, it's not their fault. Their bosses suck. Forced clocking in leads to malicious compliance. I started at a company and they didn't have clocking in machines. People would show up quite regularly a couple minutes late, not through reckless abandon, but because of traffic in the area being unpredictable. Plus, the car park was really far away and it'd take time depending on where you park to get to the office. Everyone was okay with this because they could also happily work considerably more than the three minutes they were late by working while eating lunch or staying after five or a combination. Anyways, the HR guy decided that he had to do something to prove and that he was worth it and got a clocking in machine. He would then issue warnings on escalating procedure from verbal to written to worse. When people started to realize this was the case, they just started fully working to the rule. 8.30 a.m. clock in, exact 45 minutes for lunch, and always away from the desk, and at 5 p.m., you betcha there's a full rush to clock out, and there would literally be a queue to clock out at 5. By 5.05 p.m., the place was a ghost town, and the sad act director and HR knobber that implemented the system were the only people left. They must have felt really smug with themselves when that they stopped people from being late. They also must have lost an absolute fortune through lost productivity and a few good people hated it so they left. What's great is nobody actually sent out a memo like, hey, let's work to the rule. It was just an unconscious thing after the first disciplines. Government should study these people as it'd be amazing population control if they could bottle it and put it in water. Yeah, man, if you're gonna get mad at people for showing up three minutes late, don't expect them to stay for lunch or work late ever, you know. Seriously, everyone's gonna be a little loose on clocking in. It's the morning, everyone's tired, nobody really wants to be there. But if you're gonna be an absolute jerk about it, just expect your employees to not have your back when you're like, guys, we're pinched and we need to work late. Sorry, dude, my shift ends at five. Clocking out, deuces. District manager wanted us to treat our customers like our best friend. Okay. Retail time. Those were the days. I worked in the number three office supply chain in the country. Small flex, there were only three at the time. Well, I had one of those district managers that went to district manager school and did district manager things. You know, sending emails with random words in bold, different fonts, colors, and his email read like William Shatner having a stroke. The dude was a company man, over-enthusiastic, and corporate had released a new policy about how we should set the standard for customer interaction and don't just say hi or welcome when a customer walks in, but treat them like you're happy they're there. Express interest in them on a unique level. If they're wearing a sports team hat and you know the team, say, hey, great game last night, right? The general idea was to personalize the experience and just, you know, don't sound like an NPC in a video game saying the same lines over and over. Well, Mr. District Manager, living close to our store, popped in one day of the store meeting where this all was announced and decided to encourage us and lead by example. That's actually pretty cool to do, but he also had a history of throwing tantrums and we were like the bad news bears of the district, so it was more like treating us like little kids and it felt condescending more than anything. 
Mr. District Manager interpreted the new policy to talk to the customer like your best friend. We role-played and he would berate employee after employee to get it right. And role-playing in retail is always awkward. This isn't a theater troupe. They're not trained actors. The majority of the staff is first-time job high school kids and part-time college kids. Our performances were not Hollywood. And he wanted Hollywood. And me? I'm a sarcastic clown who loves to have a little fun. And the guy that practices making ridiculous faces in the mirror so I can try him out later. I love an audience. So so don't give me a reason to be ridiculous. So the store opens at 8 a.m. and customers start coming in and district manager is still here, watching our performances and rating us, but not being as loudly snide in front of the customers. It's my turn and he's again repeating out loud, you need to treat the customer like you treat your best friend walking into your house. I recognize the customer who walked in. An old guy in his 60s we gave the nickname of Reno and I know he heard every word the manager said and he's one of our favorite customers and you'll know why. Reno walks right up to me and I say, hey, what's up, dude? And he says, you know, man, same crap different day right and I say tell me about it my district manager has been a real pain in the butt lately with some new dumb idea that's gonna blow up in his face and Reno laughed and said sounds about right hey I need to get some folders for a presentation for the condo association you know where those are and I said back of the store dude find them yourself I'm not your servant and he says fair enough I think your manager buddy has figured out how stupid this is yet and I said I don't know man he's not that bright Reno laughs loud as he's prone to and stakes a step to my district manager, gives him a big slap on the arm, the kind that ends up with his hand gripping the arm by the shoulder, stares at him in the eye and gives him a small shake. I'll think he'll figure it out. He doesn't want to make the store's best customer angry, and he walked off. He was beat red with anger. If he were a cartoon, there would be steam. He breathes and practically hisses through his teeth and asking what the hell I'm trying to pull. I do my best Joey from Friends and said, what? You treat him like my best friend, and Reno lives here. I got written up again that day. Hashtag worth it. So many times I should have been fired from that job. And it was like 2004, so obviously I didn't get word-for-word -word banter memorized perfectly, but that's the kind of guy Reno was, and that's the employee I was, and that's the setup we were given. Yeah, I feel like treating customers like your best friend maybe works for, like, the older generation, but me and my friends are pretty brutally mean to each other, I can't even lie. Not in a bad way, it's not like we're making each other cry or anything, but my goodness, if I treated customers like my best friend, they probably wouldn't want to buy stuff. Not in a mean way, they just don't have the same sense of humor, you know? If some lady walks in the store and I'm like, my goodness, you're dressed ugly as hell, like a standard greeting to one of my friends, they're not gonna like it as much. If I tell a dude, like, oh, does this shirt look good, and I'm like, Nah, man, you gotta get one that says gaming is forever, you know, Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. He's gonna think there's something wrong with me. He's not gonna think that, like, I'm just memeing. Anyways, guys, I think that's gonna do it for the video. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, I would appreciate you taking a second to press the like button. Let me know in the comment section down below what you thought. And, of course, subscribe if you're new and turn on those notifications. If you want to help me out, I'll put a link to the intro song down below, along with a link to my podcast, The Scuffed Cast. Or, of course, you could use code SCRUBBY at the G Fuel checkout. Beyond that, uh, a couple more things you could do. I do put some of my content up on Spotify, so if you want to check that out, you can listen offline without gameplay, whatever floats your boat. I'll put that link in the top of the description. Or you can get yourself the coolest merch to ever exist in the history of the planet. That link is also down in the description below. And uh, yeah, on that note, guys, that'll do it. Don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot, and hopefully I'll see each and every single one of you guys next time with another video. I'm out. Peace.